Hello and welcome back to the Tight on Entry Racing Podcast, the fastest growing podcast on Spotify three years in a row. You know how it goes. This is our third year, Alex. I don't know if we can really count it as a, no. a third year when we only have, what, eight episodes? It counts. It counts because this is the third year that we're in. That's true. And we're actually going farther than the third race this year. Yeah, and you know we're starting before the clash. I don't know if we've done that in the past. We'd have to go back and look. I don't think we have. I think we started right before Daytona the other times. Yeah, and I've got to say, Alex, I'm really, really excited about this season. We're going to get a full season of podcasts in. We're going to get oh, yeah. a, a winning fantasy NASCAR season in. Um, Denny Hamlin's going to win the championship, knocking on wood. And uh, it's going to be a great damn year. I feel so good about this year going into it. So uh, how, do you, how do you feel? Just give me your, your genuine feelings right now. Dude, I was, I was excited. And then I started watching the um, the docu series, and like it brought back all the the memories of like not just um, not just like watching the whole season, but like actively talking or group chats of like when these events happened and remembering like how everybody was either pissed or like laughing at each other, and like those memories were like, okay, I'm ready for another 36 race season. And I must say, I've only watched two episodes. I'm watching basically one episode tonight. I'm going to watch another episode tonight um so i'll have all five done right before the clash but i've gotta say they have done a masterful job netflix stepped up to the table and they put out a banger if i may say so um i i just feel like the timing was perfect you know the releasing all five episodes on netflix was perfect like it's so enjoyable and you get that real in-depth look at the drivers and their lives and um it's just We've talked about before this what this sport has needed, and it's really been perfected, in my opinion. And and you know, it, it kind of builds up that hype right before the season starts as well. Like we had that opportunity, you know, this week to sit down and watch it, and it just kind of, like you said, just builds that hype up again and builds up your passion for the sport. And man, I am so excited! I am so so. It's excited. gonna be a real fun season, and now I'm I'm just interested to see like what happens in this. It's been a, a huge shakeup this off season with like what's going on and who who to expect and all the new sponsorships. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one, and I'm hoping we get good racing at all the tracks and see what happens after that. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I'm really excited about is that move to Toyota for um, Legacy. Um, Jimmy Johnson obviously running the 84 at the Daytona 500, so that's also very exciting. Rocking the Petty Blue, that's that's a cool tribute car. I don't know if you've seen that scheme, but um, it's cool. It's weird that it's on a Camry, but it's wow. so weird that it's a Toyota. I also yeah. love that their sponsorship is Dollar Tree and Family Dollar. I couldn't yeah. believe when I read that headline. I was like, I didn't know Dollar Tree was interested in NASCAR, and not just enough to be like a primary for one car or like one race. They're like, yeah, we're going to do the full season. I was like, what? Yeah. Where did this come from? I, I don't know, but I'm here for it, man. Bring the sponsorship. Dude, Jimmy Johnson People knows what he's doing. In. But damn, I mean, I'm just looking at this car again and everyone was bashing the Toyota, but it looks good. It looks good with the right scheme. Like I'm Den- sure Denny's put out a few schemes. I don't know if you've been looking at those on Joe Gibbs um, racing. He's only dropped what, like two, three schemes? No, they've dropped three, I think. Um, They dropped the sports clips. They dropped the um, the the Mavis, and I guess they didn't drop the FedEx one quite yet. But all right, so only two. But I mean, the Mavis scheme 
is amazing. The sports clip scheme looks good. Um, Christopher Bell's mobile one scheme also looks good. I don't know if you've had the chance to see that one. I forgot like mobile one. It's so weird. Like mobile one being on so many different cars now too. Like I'm so used to them being a Stuart Haas and now it's like Stuart Haas has crumbled. (laughs) Poor Stuart Haas. But also going on in the sport besides these very exciting paint schemes and everything else is uh, NASCAR and Crocs just launched their official licensing collaboration. Yeah, you see that you see that first one dude it's got a spoiler on the croc dude dude i've never wanted crocs more than i want them now like uh, although i've been seeing a lot of people rock the lightning mcqueen crocs at track meets that's been very exciting um but dang these nascar crocs are cool so might have to order a pair of those um, oh, of course you have to y- you really like do. 80 bucks or something i think but screw it you pull up to the race in those bad boys. You throw them in sport mode. Everybody's going to know you. F- it's simple as that. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Um, so other things that we have going on this week, obviously the clash is going on, but it looks like NASCAR is really trying to promote their Mexico series. I don't know if you've seen that at all. Yeah, but- they announced this like a month ago that before the clash, they were going to run the Mexico um, NASCAR series at yeah. the clash. Like they were going to run a full on race there. Yeah. And I, I forget who just that? tweeted it. It's Someone on, just tweeted about it too, but I forget who did. I don't know, but it's on Fox sports one. So everything on Saturday, the, the two Mexico practices are first two practices are not going to be on TV, but at four 30 till the last cup series heat race, everything's going to be on Fox sports one. So we have qualifying for the Mexico series at four 30 and then practice for the cup series. And then the four heat races starting at eight 30. And then on Sunday we have a, an hour and a half long. Well, we'll see if it actually lasts that long, but an hour to an hour and a half long, um, Mexico cup series, Mexico series race. King and Suarez and Suarez is racing in it. Is he? Yes. Yeah, is he really? Is That's, yeah. That's cool. He'll be That's driving cool. the 99 car for um, Trackhouse Racing. Sponsored by Quaker State and Lube. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I just think it's awesome. And the way they're incorporating this is really cool. Obviously, Mexico's not that far from LA, so it makes sense. Um, but, you know, it, it brings up some other ideas. Like, why not have them race at Phoenix or, like, Las Vegas when when the Cup Series is over there? You know what I mean? Like, it's an idea. I'm not saying it's has to be done but why not do a double header with the mexico series run them in the morning like they would just it just adds something yeah i mean nascar obviously wants to keep branching out because you see that with like documentary series i gotta watch myself i can't talk too much about it because you haven't watched it all the way through but like they're definitely trying to branch out and like figure out what they want and the mexico series Apparently, from what I've seen on Twitter and stuff, it's like a lot of people like actually care about it from Mexico. Like, there's actually like a decent fan base in that series, so it's really cool to see. Well, I don't think Toyota's invested though. I think that's the only thing. I think it's literally just Ford and Chevys. I just want to know more about it. Like now that it's like on the schedule, like I'm invested. You know what I mean? Like that, and yeah. it's just so easy for NASCAR to capitalize on stuff like that. Like the hardcore fans are going to buy in. If you put it in front of them, they're going to like, as long as they in. put on a show, of course, as long as it's a good show. And I'm sure it's not much different from like the Xfinity series. Um, I'll tell you what, my money, <clears throat> I don't know if you saw the, uh, Bob, 
on Twitter put out the uh, the entry list. I'll put the link in the chat for you. We struck my, my money is on Rogelio Lopez to win the race in the number six car, only because Damn. I like his name a lot. That's a fantastic name. I think I'm gonna have to take Daniel Suarez. Oh come on, boo! I mean, it's pick an a fun easy name. Pick. pick a fun name. No, I mean, <clears throat> uh, I kind of want Jorge Goiters. Is that Goiters? Yeah, Goiters. That's a Goiters. Good name. That doesn't sound very. It's Mexican. probably Gutierrez or something. I don't know. It's also anyway. Jorge. It's not Jorge. Oh, it is Jorge. No, it's Jorge. They, no, there's, look, there's they no... have it misspelled. Oh, they do. Classic NASCAR to not have okay. the entry list. Right? I thought it was Jorge. I was like, damn, that's a cool name. But it's just Jorge. They have it misspelled. Um, but either way, he's he's rocking a Ford for Z Motors Autoform Monzani Motorsports. So, crazy stuff. You're right. It is only Ford and Chevy, though. Um, yeah. So, no, it's, I, really, it's really cool to see them just trying to branch out and, like, do this yeah. stuff. I am interested to see I don't mean to be the Debbie Downer, but I did just see a tweet uh, like before we started recording like 20 minutes ago that as of right now, there's like life threatening flooding situations for Los Angeles this weekend. Fantastic. So, so it's like, oh, we have all this hype from the documentary series and all this hype of the racing finally being back. And it wouldn't be an NASCAR season without having a little bit of rain threat coming in and being like, hey, they're not going to be able to race. And they did change some of the rules with racing now and wet conditions too so it's yes gonna so. be interesting like they don't have wipers at short tracks anymore they can only race in damn conditions so yeah. the only time they're gonna have wipers and light rain racing is at road courses which also makes sense they really shouldn't be doing short tracks in wet conditions i don't think so yeah. i don't mean to be the debbie downer but uh, i mean i'm here for it i'm here for it i'm here for putting the rain tires on um, I mean, they still do. It's just they won't no, have, I know. They just won't be... have the wipers on and yeah. stuff. Well, I mean, we saw it at the All-Star race last year. I just think they're going to be um, very selective of when that actually happens because they don't want a disaster. Yeah. But And I get it. But uh, anyway, I'm on the NASCAR.MX, which is NASCAR Mexico Series um, site. And it needs some work, but, you know, they're getting there. They're getting there. But I'll figure it out. So, okay, but hang on. There's also the Canadian series, right? Yeah, they got a Canadian series. So they could race that as well um, when we go to like, they Chicago. They could, they could have done a doubleheader when they were trying to set up that Montreal race. They could have, and they probably would have. Um, but, like, come down to Chicago. Come race that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That would so. be really fun. So do, what are your just overall feelings? And we did a lot of... Uh, a news dumping here of things that have been happening <clears throat> within like the last week or so. What is your general overall feeling? Of wow. Where the sport, not just like your feeling of like how excited you are, but like where the sport stands right now. Yeah. Um, I think we're at a crossroads right now. I think it's a really, really exciting time for the sport. And um, especially with the, the Netflix series and, you know, the, the characters and, and the rule changes and, you know, the things that they're experimenting with. But it's also a very scary time. You know, um, we haven't really talked about it today yet, but with the charter system potentially going to the wayside, like these owners and teams have invested so much money, so, so, so much money, millions, tens of millions of dollars buying these charters. And now they're at 
under threat basically um nascar's hasn't renewed their deal and that all comes down to money right like nascar yeah. nascar doesn't mm-hmm. want to give the teams and owners a bigger chunk of the pie and um the owners and drivers want a bigger chunk of the pie so really scary spot here they need to kind of figure out a contract before it ends in the next year it ends yeah. at the end, of the end of the season so it's kind of crazy to me how like you got all this hype you got the documentary series which by the way is in sixth place right now on netflix in the top 10 you know netflix does that top 10 so it's already great that it's making the front page of netflix and showing people like oh you should watch this this is our nascar driver survive and it's really good production quality blah 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 it's also funny as a side note when that series ended for me those five episodes it came up with an ad for like Bubba Wallace's race docu series, and mm-hmm. I had no idea he had a Netflix documentary about. Oh, really? His life. I didn't had no know clue. That? I had no uh, idea. I don't really follow Bubba that much. That's probably yeah. why I didn't know. But that's why I asked the question. Was wondering, like Stern tweeted today about the Cup teams that they unanimously agreed. So that's a charter negotiation. Pr- um, keep going into the season. And it, it sounds like, you know, I'm a big baseball fan. So this literally just sounds like the MLB player union going against the owners. That's like all it is. Yeah. They're just going to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait until they're going to be like, all right, we're either getting it done in the middle of this year, at the end of this year, or we're going to have to delay the season. Yeah, And that's what's going to happen. <clears throat> and they're obviously frustrated with certain points in the deal they think the deal is month, uh, likely months away, and it came down to the cup teams being um, drivers and owners disappointed with the share of TV deals and how much money they get from that, how much money it costs for sponsorship and things like that, and all of those things. My opinion with the charter system is that it's not going to go away. You can't force this system for the last has it how long has it been like 12 years 13 years uh, at this I don't point know if it's been that long it's been a while since nascar introduced the charter it's system since though like 2016 no it couldn't have been that early i don't know uh let's do some research real quick but like even since then it was 2016 wow look at this guy but even then yeah, that's it's still eight years ago you can't force this for eight years and then just be like we're not going to do it I think the interesting thing about it is how they're allowing like the NASCAR drivers and stuff. They like dropped that they can like go talk to other vendors and other companies to set them up. And I was like, how is that going to work when NASCAR owns like one fourth of the tracks they race on? So like, the only people you have a deal to make with is NASCAR. They're trying to do that as a negotiation tactic, yeah. but I'm pretty sure NASCAR knows that they're not going to. There's no way they can do anything different. I I don't know if it's necessarily as an empty threat as you're saying it is. Like realistically, if Hendrick, Joe Gibbs, Penske, and Stuart Haas said, Hey, like we get this deal done or we're leaving and creating our own series, I I don't think it's as like imaginary as a possibility as you think. Like, but like NASCAR owns like Daytona. Yeah, so it's okay. not going to have a Daytona 500 anymore. They're not. They're not. Like that's what they're threatening. They're that's saying crazy. They're saying <laughs> if, if if you do this, we will leave the sport. Penske already owns IndyCar. Like, is it really that yeah. far fetched for him to create a spinoff stock car series? Like, I don't no, think it's that's not that far fetched for him to say, "Hey, we're taking all of our biggest names, big biggest personalities, and we're going to go over here and create our own thing." And they've got the money to do it. Like, it's not like these owners are these are billionaires. Like Hendrick's a billionaire. Yeah. 
Penske's a billionaire. Like these are bill- they can do it. They, and also not to mention that to. when the charters came out, like in 2016, I remember a lot of like big teams getting the charters for free when they first like introduced well, it. Everyone, yeah, everyone got the like the full time drivers got their charters for free at the time. Yeah, which is like so they didn't even have to spend money in the beginning. Well, um, they've been investing millions of dollars from the get go, like losing yeah. money being in the sport. The, yeah, you the don't reason, earn any money in this sport, but yeah, that that's the reason it's so important for these teams and drivers to get this deal done and get a bigger chunk of the pie is because they'll suddenly become less dependent on sponsors and they're less dependent. Oh, we just lost interstate battery with Kyle Busch is gone. You know what I mean? We lost Mars, uh, you know, Eminem, Kyle Busch is gone now. It, it, they become less lenient on those sponsorship and that big sponsorship money. Um, essentially, it allows them to hire drivers that are skill dependent and not just guys like Joey Logano that are just running the sport with and granted Joey Logano is very talented when he came up but you know rich you know silver spoon kids can't get in the sport as easily if they actually have to go against guys that are yeah. talented so now are you for the charter system or are you kind of like like not even against it but is it just like I don't know you take a stance of being for or against or is it like I like the charter system it needs work like what what do you think I'm, about it? I'm for it. Like I'm, I'm all gung ho about it. Like I think it's great. I originally I was very skeptical, but I'm all gung ho about the fact that it creates value for these teams. Like the franchises have value. Like the charters have value. Like um, I keep saying, like I'm driving myself crazy. Um, for example, the 11 car charter is worth more than the charter for the 23 team because that charter has finished better historically so they average where or i don't know exactly how they formulate it but historically that 11 car has finished better in the in owner standing so it's he gets a bigger chunk of the pie when he finishes in whatever position um mm-hmm. i think that's important and that's valuable like if you want to sell a a charter suddenly it costs 40 million dollars to buy one like that's value that these owners are building and i think that's crucial for the longevity of the sport and the the it entices other business owners like if they see that suddenly this charter has increased in value by 500 percent over the last five years they're much more likely to get in the sport and say you know what let's put our let's put our dollars up let's get in the sport let's see how this grows yeah. um, <clears throat> and also like i i did delve into like how the charter system is and i looked at one of the big ones which was rta it's the race team alliance there was like a lot of talk on like twitter and stuff and also like my thinking just in general i was like what if they decided that rta team it has 16 cup teams on it they've got 16 charters and big key people in it are literally like joe gibbs uh jeff gordon is a board member for it Penske is obviously a board member. Richard Petty, I think Roush is a, a board member. And I'm looking at their charters that they hold right now. It's 2311, Hendrick Motorsports, Front Row, Joe Gibbs, Colic Racing, Lager Motor C Club, Stuart Haas Racing, Team Penske, all the big guys. Trackhouse is there. Every single important team that has won in the last five years is a part of that system. I just think it comes down to a problem of where the hell are they going to race? They're going to have to go to tracks that are not being used anymore or tracks that aren't owned by NASCAR, which is pretty thin now. Like Pocono, I know, is not owned by NASCAR. Um, 
but what like Dover's owned by NASCAR now, Nashville is, Daytona, Talladega, like all the staples in the sport are owned by the NASCAR governing body. Yeah. So where are you going to race if you leave? So it would be a probably hostile leave. Yeah, and the NASCAR is going to charge them like crazy and, yes, to like race there. Yes, NASCAR would their sanctioning fees would be ridiculous out of this world. Um, for example, right now for a NASCAR track to, or sorry, a, a non NASCAR track to cost to host a race, they usually actually have to pay NASCAR, not the other way around to mm-hmm. um, host that race. So say it's uh, Arca series that cost actually is around a hundred thousand dollars for a non NASCAR facility to host that race. Um, I know that because I've, worked in that industry before yeah so for the cup series or for a spin-off cup series i'm sure they would charge an arm and a leg like you're probably talking in like the millions of dollars of range for that yeah for that you know whatever you want to call it alliance to come in and race their own races but there are there are non-nascar facilities the issue is there's not as many intermediate ovals yeah. like the ovals oh, yeah. the hard part like the, the yeah. intermediate ovals trying to get um races there would be difficult i don't know exactly which which tracks are you know affiliated with nascar yeah. or not and i also um, i also misspoke with the like the nascar owning like dover and stuff they're technically owned by a uh, speedway motorsports speedway. smi and like they're not owned by nascar but like they've been they so a, they buddy buddy yeah, yeah so it's like what is stopping Speedway Motorsports being like, nah, we still have a NASCAR, dude. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah. feel like the drivers and the team owners, with the way the sport got set up in the last 15, 20 years, they don't really have a lot of leverage. Like, yeah, they can go make their own league and stuff, but, and they can threaten taking sponsorships away and all of that. But NASCAR can literally be like, well, we have the TV deals and we have the tracks. So, what are you going to do and how are you going to put it on? Now, I'm not saying they can't do that. It's just going to take a lot of groundwork to even set that up. And you would probably go a couple of years with like a race season of 12 races. And then you have to wait until they get more clearance and more money built up. I don't think the owners and drivers are interested in that either. I don't think they're interested in starting their own. I think they just want to use this as a tactic to get more money. Yeah, I, I think it's 100% a leverage point. But like, think about it. Like, realistically, if if your favorite driver said, oh, I'm not racing, like, like I'm not talking to just your favorite driver. Like, I'm talking the top 16 drivers in the series said, hey, yeah, like the playoff we're not drivers. showing up on Sunday. We're actually going to be in Indy um, running our own Indy 500. Yeah. Um, How baller would it in. be if, like, NASCAR, like, if the drivers, like, if this kept escalating until the playoff season starts, right? And the 16 playoff drivers that make it, they just go, hey, we're not racing the playoffs. We're going to this race instead. Dude, yeah. NASCAR would lose it because playoffs have been their their stupid little baby. They're like, oh, we need to keep the race to, to the yeah. champ four and all this. And then imagine they don't show up. I don't think it will get that far, but like, it's going to take them a while to come up with a deal. And no, NASCAR right. has like not been... like uh, They haven't been moving too much. The owners aren't moving in what they want. And eventually someone's just going to break and then the deal will be struck, obviously. And they have till 2025. So they got a year. They don't even have to talk about it this year. I like to switch it to like the gear of like how upset this makes me. 
that you finally get like this momentum. I feel like the sport's in a great spot to get a lot of eyes on it. And then if it came to a screeching halt because they couldn't get a deal done after you make this docuseries, you get people excited. They're blowing up on Instagram again with like clips and stuff they're putting out. You get the you get the personality from the drivers a little bit. That's what I liked about the docuseries so much was it gave more personality to guys. And you build all this momentum. And what happens if like the Fox booth opens up and they're like, oh, so what do you think about this impending deal that may end our season? And da 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 da. If you're a new fan coming in, you're going to be like, well, why am I investing my time into this? Because if they're not going to race for eight months, I'm going to forget everything about it, do all this time to be invested. I'm just not going to pay attention anymore. So it's so unfortunate that this news breaks at this time because I feel like they're they're just doing so good. I feel like they're in a good spot. The intermediates are so fun to watch. Road course is a little boring. Short track's getting a little bit better. The super speedways are always fun. So you got a good schedule. The package is getting better every day. And it's just it's just not as fun if that happens. Yeah. Well, speaking of packages, obviously they'll be rocking the short track package this week again. Where they didn't really do much to it, but well, they, they I, keep... I know I was just positive about them making the package better, yeah. but like every time you see like what they changed to the car, you're like, that's it. That's all you well, did. All the drivers <laughs> basically said like the changes were so just minuscule, it, it, you're not going to see a noticeable difference. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I know Tyler Reddick has talked about like there's always a debate of like more horsepower, and he was like, with these cars, you're not going to get. The horsepower, like if you increase horsepower, it's not going to do anything. And I agree with that because there's no opportunity in the car for like, like driver failure. I feel like, like, yeah, there's driver failure and like other things, but like the tires are too big and you just don't get the wear and tear on the tires as much. And you don't lose as much control as a driver because they made them too freaking big. But let's try it. Let's try it. Instead of just talking about it. Like we had all off season, all they had to do was say, Hey, you know, we, we really don't want to increase horsepower, but we're going to give you 800 horsepower for this test and just see what happens. Like, like why? Like yeah, why maybe, it's, it maybe it's better. All they did to short packages, which changed the diffuser, and was the spoiler larger or smaller? I forget what they did. They they took off the rear diffuser. So Yeah, but then they also changed the spoiler height. I don't I remember don't... if they made it smaller or taller. Who knows? Or thicker or thinner. I don't remember what they did. They just changed something on the spoiler and diffuser and went... That's it. We're done. All right. Yeah. They, they, the, the biggest changes, like we've, we've said a million times, just need to be the tires. They need to make them thinner. They need to make them have less grip. And then let's give them just a little bit more horsepower, like just 50 at a time. NASCAR just, it just feels like NASCAR is just so afraid to be wrong that they re, like refuse yeah. to even try it. But yeah, I mean, that's been the leadership forever. But like I said, I feel like we've talked a good amount of the, um, the rule packages and the um, the charter system and how that's going to affect it. I still would like, I'm in the agreement with you with the charter system. I would like it to stay and just tweak it a little bit. Um, I would like to see them add a couple more just to give teams like an opportunity to join in. Like don't keep it to the 36 and have to make it like, Oh, well, Spire is going to sell this to somebody. And then 2311 is really trying to buy this one. Or it's like, like junior always talks about jumping into the cup series a little bit. And he can't because there's no charter available. And he has to like go through teams to be like, please, for the love of God, give me a charter. NASCAR should just open it up to like not even a 40 
cars, but like make a 38 or something. I missed the days of seeing 40 cars on the track or 43 on the track. And now it's always 36, which is fine. But if you want to keep growing the sport, I think you need to allow more charters to come in. But I think we're in a good spot with those, um, those uh, topics and the news that's broke about it. I do have one final question for you since we're getting close into the season starting. Oh, brother. And, and we're back into the Fox broadcast booth. Ugh. And we have new members. We have, well, one new member. It's Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick joins the, the booth with Clint Boyer and our buddy Mike Joy, who uh, is probably going through some problems in his old age because he keeps forgetting where to say sometimes. Yeah, but we'll see. I just want to know. My question is, um, what do you think the Fox booth quality is going to be? Not with like cameras and stuff. I know your gripes with camera work, so don't. We're not getting on that path. But how do you think the booth with Harvick and Boyer and Joy are going to like interact? Do you think it's going to enhance your experience, or do you think it's going to be like the same thing with Gordon and um? Boyer before where Gordon was like, Yeah, this is what happens in the car. Da, da, da. And Boyer's just like the color commentator Tony Romo on CBS. It's like, I don't know, Jim, what's gonna happen. Uh you're really I, I don't know, man. Like I can we just uh, here here's here's my take, right? Like like I, I don't think the commentary is gonna be as good as we hope it is. Like Kevin Harvick's in his first year. Oh, my computer's dying. That's not good. Um, we know That's how we good. feel about Mike Joy. I don't know. Can you repeat your question? Sorry, I feel like I'm just not answering your question. Do you think the Fox booth is going to be better with Harvick as an addition? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I do think it's going to be a little bit better with the booth as a whole. Um, there are definitely some things that are probably going to drive us crazy. I still love Clint Boyer in the booth, but just Mike Joy just seems to be, like you said, digressing a little bit, digressing, degressing, regressing, regressing is the word. Jesus. Um, regressing just a little bit. Um, at least he was last year. Just doesn't have the emotion. My, my concern is that we feel like we need more emotion in that booth. And I don't know if Kevin Harvick's the guy to bring that, you know, that emotion um like yeah he's, he's way too calculated yeah like he's not and, gonna have any emotion like he's gonna provide a really unique analytical view which i will appreciate like but um i don't know we'll see i think my biggest take is like i really hope they don't do these cartoon graphics again this year um let's switch that up you know what i mean uh we'll see what the graphics package looks like i'm excited to see what they unveil usually it's something, characters yeah hopefully not Usually it's something along the lines of what they're running in the NFL um, currently. So they haven't been running a ton of cartoons that I've noticed this year, maybe a little bit. So we'll see. We'll see what they unveil for us, but hopefully not too many comic book characters. But yeah, I mean, that's just my take, I guess. Yeah, I was just wondering because it is something that keeps getting overlooked in our uh, uh, when people talk about NASCAR coming in. Like that could be a big turnoff for like new fans if they don't like the people in the booth or they're not doing a good job. They can just be like, "I'm not watching this anymore." 
Yeah, I think that's where Clint's huge because he just has that character in him. Yeah. So literally the Southern NASCAR character. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. The guy that you find at Talladega. Um, segueing to the clash this weekend, um, I have up the ESPN bet odds on a race winner, and I also have um the top a top three finish. So I want you just to guess off the top of your head who's the favorite. The favorite don't for agree. the don't clash agree. for the clash. You don't agree with it. Don't agree with it. So that means it's a driver you don't like. <laughs> So okay. it's got to be like uh, you don't like Kyle Larson, but I don't think he would have the highest, or maybe he does have the highest odds. You would I mean, be correct. It, it is, is Larson. Larson. Is he tied with anybody? Is he tied with like no. the guy that won it last year? He's not tied with Truex. Uh, Truex is plus nine fifty, and Larson is plus nine hundred. Mm. Mm. So Larson is the favorite. Yeah. How fun. Who's uh who's rounding out the top five in there and betting odds? So Kyle Bush is third at plus one thousand, which I don't know about that either. Um Ryan Blaney fourth at plus one thousand and it's Byron. like the clash is dumb. Like you can't really they're just picking off of like who the fan favorites are, like truthfully. I guess. I don't really think they have any analytics that goes into them being the third year here at a short track that doesn't race like a normal short track that NASCAR races at. They're kind of just like, hey, dude, this guy should be good. Our analytics tell us he should be good, so he'll be good. You know? Uh, it, it, yeah. Yeah. There are some interesting, like, Josh Berry's plus 2,000. Like, he's definitely not a fan favorite, but he's... That's very interesting. Um, if you really want a money play, like... Daniel Suarez, who's going to be in the Mexico series, so have a few extra laps on on his legs, is going to be plus ten thousand. Like, I actually really like that. And yeah, I'm hundred percent not placing a bet right now as we speak for. Oh my god, he's gambling for five dollars to, or sorry, ten dollars to win a thousand. Like this dude's ready. Oh, I got to lose all his money. Turn, turn the VPN off. Just kidding. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna place. A bet for ten dollars. I'm only gonna place five. Yeah, you're doing it anyway. Next question. Um, next question. <laughs> well, sorry, I just want to talk about these long shots here. So, so nine hundred. Okay. Swords at plus ten thousand. John Hunter Nemechek plus ten. 000. I forgot John Hunter Nemechek was even in the Cup Series now. So that's exciting. Michael McDowell plus ten thousand. Why did they like? Yeah, I'm looking at it now too. Like that's crazy. They're so far down. I feel like, like, yeah, like, even like the fact that they. Joy. I definitely agree with Suarez being plus ten thousand because that dude didn't do anything last year, dude. But Corey. like, Corey LaJoy being that high at twenty five thousand, <laughs> that's insane. It's it's almost dumb to not place a bet on it, like. Five dollars pays out twelve hundred dollars on that for him to win it. For him to win it, like, all right, maybe not the most feasible, but why not place a dollar or two and just see yeah. what happens? Yeah, that's crazy. These odds are crazy. You could always place it on a guy like Blaney who could win it. Like, yeah, 
Blaney wouldn't surprise me if he won it. I think that would be perfect for our, our group chat because they weren't happy with Blaney winning the <laughs> championship. So if he came out and won the first race of the season, oh my God, they'd lose it. They'd be like, I can't do this. <laughs> so also, <clears throat> like looking at the odds for top three finish, like they're still kind of outlandish. But yeah. anyway, I digress on that. Um, that's how you use that word. Uh, that's how you use that word. I'm glad you figured it out. Regress. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, give me your prediction. Like, who do you think is going to run away with it? Who Who is the most likely to get the win? Most likely to get the win is going to be your boy. I'm not saying my driver, so don't think I'm going to say Alex Bowman. I'm going to go with Kez. Keselowski. I think I think RFK Racing did phenomenal last year, and I think they're just only going to fuel off him more. And I I don't know. I'm looking at his odds now too, and I kind of like his odds at plus fourteen hundred. So I'd say Kez. I think he's a fun pick and a sneaky pick. Other than that, I don't really know who else. Probably Bell. Also, like. I mean, there's a few episodes about Bell in the docu series, and they got me fired up about him. So now I'm kind of just like a like a low key Christopher Bell fan. You're riding like, the Bell fan fan wagon, dude. Like he like is one of the most underrated drivers in the Cup, like All for right. sure. He All made right. the final four back to back years, and like nobody talks about it. And the year before this one, he had to win every single elimination in each stage, and he did it. He won in the round of 12, yeah. round of 8, and the round of 16 to advance every single round. The I don't dude knows how to race when it clutches, though. Yeah, but I don't know if he's necessarily as under the radar as you're saying. No, I think nobody in the sport talks about him. Uh, I do. I do. Every week on this podcast, I, te- I talk about him. Yeah, that's you. If you go on like any social media or like even the broadcast, like the only time they're talking about Seabell is when he has a car trouble. Well, he has car troubles a lot, though. That's his problem. Yeah. I don't know if it's his fault or whoever's fault. No, I think he just gets unlucky, truthfully. Like, a brake fails or, like, his tire blows. Yeah. Um, it's just unlucky for him. But I think he's got, like, a huge chip on his shoulder, which I like. Like, he's kind of like, dude, prove, like I'm proving my worth. Why does nobody talk about me kind of yeah. thing? So, I don't know. Those would be my favorites. But we'll see if the race even happens. Like I said, it may, it may flood in Los well, Angeles. let's hope it doesn't. Um. Because I want to see some green flag racing. But if I had to pick, Blaney's definitely up, up my list. But um, I'm going to go with Joey Logano to get his second win here in three years. I think he starts the year out hot. I think Toyotas are a little bit off on speed, just the new the new nose. I know, it's, I know aerodynamics aren't that important this year, uh, or at this track, rather. But um, I think the Toyotas are just going to miss a step. And I think the... Fords are going to capitalize. The Fords are the only ones rocking the same nose as last year, right? Well, they changed their body of the Dark Horse. Oh, did they? Have you not seen what the Fords look like? I think I have. I just don't think I've paid. Yeah, they're not called Stangs anymore. They're called like the Dark Horse or something. What does that even mean? Well, Mustang has been discontinued. They don't. What do you mean Mustang's been discontinued? I thought they, I thought that was the whole reason they had to name it to Dark Horse. Am I Am I wrong? I thought they still have the Mustang Mach-E's. Uh, maybe you're right. I think it was like maybe they got rid of the Mustangs and 
Um, what is a dark horse? I'm seeing what you're talking about now. What is a dark horse? I don't know. It's a sick ass body. Oh my god! It it's a it's a Ford Mustang dark horse. Uh okay. So that's what they call it. Yeah, the cops Dang, car though. New, the new twenty four twenty four. Yeah. Anyway, it looks it looks, it looks sweet. like a charger. Yeah, it's sweet. I love it. What the? F- I love I love how the body looks. Were you talking about the the cup car or that you talking about? Yeah, the-, the cup car. All right. Well, I just sent a message. Look at that. That's the new Ford twenty twenty four Ford. It looks like. It looks like a Chevy. Yeah, that's a that's a that's, that's a, a Chevy. Camaro. That's a Camaro. If I've ever seen one. That's a hundred percent a Camaro. You cannot tell me that's a Ford. Yeah. Like. Interesting. That's a very that's a Camaro. That's that's literally a Camaro, but starts at starting at sixty three thousand. Oh, dude, I'm there. I can afford that. I want one. I yeah. Anyway, the dark it. horse looks cool though on the uh, on the Fords. So they got a new body. The only person that didn't change was Chevy. So Chevy's didn't change anything. Chevy's, the Chevy's are staying I thought the, same. the Chevy's did change, but I guess no, not. they didn't change yet. I that's why I, I may be mistaking that because I know Camaros discontinued. So they're still keeping that body for this year, but they gotta change it to something different soon because they don't have a Camaro to advertise anymore. Yeah. So other changes, just to recap, Josh Berry is now in the number four car for Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, Noah Gregson is in the 10 car for Stuart Haas Racing now. Don't know if you forgot about that. Um, Zane Smith is in the Spire number 71. John Hunter Nemechek's in the number 42 for Legacy. Carson Hosevar's in the number 77 for Spire. Daniel Hemmerich's in the number 31 for Colleg. Justin Haley's in the number 51 for Rick Ware Racing. Taz Grawl is in the number 15 for Rick Ware Racing. And that's it. That's it for driver changes. But holy crap. Yeah, I told you it was a big shakeup. Big shakeup this year. It's going to be very confusing trying to learn what drivers are in what cars. Well, it won't be too hard because like almost all the guys you named are just going to be outside the top 20 anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Josh Berry's not there in anything. He yeah. may be up in the front every once. He's going to do what Briscoe does. Briscoe like has a good qualifying effort, stays in the race the first hundred laps, and then disappears for the rest of the race. Yeah, that's exactly. Josh Berry. Um, also going on is RFK is running a third car uh, for some races, including the Daytona 500. David Reagan will be piloting that number sixty car. Good old Reagan. Um, the Brickyard 400 will make its return this year. Thank God. Yeah, when are we buying tickets? (laughs) (laughs) My uh, bank account doubles somehow. Um, (laughs) Bristol Spring Race will return to concrete, so they won't be on the dirt track anymore. Watkins Glen moved its race date. Uh, Iowa Speedway is debuting... Uh, with the Xfinity Series and Arkham Menard Series as well, um, as well as the Cup Series. So that'll be an interesting weekend in June. Uh, Southern 500 moves to the end of the regular season. So, so many changes. Like, I'm just going through the list. Yeah, but, we're going to be there. We're going to be at the Southern 500 ending the season this year. How very exciting. I've got a book summer. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for it. Um, also, some changes... 
just some crew chief changes and uh, just a whole a whole lot of stuff. I mean, SVG is racing full time now, not at the cup level, but he's racing full time. Um, I mean, a big it's not a change, but like there's going to be a gap this year, I think. Right? There's like a couple week gap somewhere because of the Olympics being on this year, and NBC does that yeah. coverage. So there's going to yep. be a gap at some point. You'll see a two week gap. Uh, there it is, July twenty first to August eleventh. So after the Brickyard, we get a couple, two weeks, and then you go back to Richmond, and then Michigan, and then Daytona, and then Darlington. So you get five races after it, or four races after it. All right, so a question for you. Mm-hmm. Out of all of the changes that we've talked about so far, like what is your, which one's your favorite? What are you most excited for change-wise? Like, like what do you think is going to be the most, I don't know, memorable change of the year? It's going to be SVG because I am on wow. his hype train and I love how he races. Wow. I love SVG. He's the most, like, in terms of, like, excitement, I mean, I'm fanboying a little bit, but, like, in terms of excitement, like, he's, like, out of all the changes, like, I don't care about Josh Berry. I don't care about Noah Gregson. He's just going to go, like, some offensive meme again and then get kicked out of the 10 car. He has no sponsorship anyway, so it's, like, going to be a struggle for Stuart Haas. So I don't care about Stuart Haas. Um, actually, I am excited about Jimmy Johnson's racing team. I'm interested to see what John Hunter Nemechek does because I really like John Hunter. So I'm curious to see how he races in the cup. So I'll put it down to my favorite cup change is legacy going to Toyota because the Toyotas needed more cars in the field and John Hunter Nemechek racing in that. And I'm also like I always joke about Jimmy Johnson all the time, but I'm excited to watch him race again this year. Like I'm going to be at Dover this year, so we'll get to see him race at Dover, and that will be pretty cool. Meg's a big Jimmy Johnson fan, so she gets to watch her ra- her driver race in person. And then my other favorite change is just SVG. Like I'm really curious to see how he does with Trackhouse and how he adjusts. I was watching some interviews with him, and he was like, "I am scared." shitless about the ovals like he is so scared of like talladega and stuff and i'm curious to see how he handles it he's not going to have an easy time this year i already know he's going to have like like top 20 like top 20 should be his goal right like that's what he should be shooting for it's like 18th every race yeah i just get a feel for the car he's not going to be like chicago street race all over again but i'm excited to see what he does I think you nailed one of the things. Um, I'm very excited to see what Toyotas do. This is like the first time in a very, I don't really know exactly how long that there's been this many competitive Toyotas in the field. Well, they only have two in that team, right? So they added what from like seven to nine. There's only like seven Toyotas in the field. Yeah, but I'm talking like competitive Toyotas, right? Like, oh, yeah. If if they're as competitive as we expect them to be, because there's only, like you said, only. Eight, there'll be eight competitive Toyotas, basically. Yeah, because it's four in Joe Gibbs, two at twenty three eleven, and two with Legacy. That's it. Yeah. So you got so, eight Toyotas in the field. All right. Which Alex. isn't a bad number, but. Yep. Not not a bad number at all. Um. But before we end this week's episode, I have two pressing questions oh, for you. The ending presser questions. So the first question is going to be who. Super early, but who is your twenty twenty four cup series champion and then the second question actually let's just start with that one. let's just start with that one just start with who the cup series champion is 
Yeah. But this year. Yep. Actually, that's the only thing that matters. I'm thinking. Hold on. And then, all right, my second question will be, you can couple them together. My second question will be, what team will be the most impressive team? Like you could say Penske, Hendrick, whatever. Uh, okay, just like, I feel like most impressive team. I always think about like, like I anticipate Joe Gibbs and Hendrick and Penske to already be impressive. So like if mm-hmm. they have a normal year, that's not impressive to me. Okay. So I feel like most impressive would be more like what team do I think finds their stride a little bit better? Okay. So I'll go in order first. The champion this year is William Byron in the 24th Wow. And the team that I will be most impressed with is going to be 2311 because I think Bubba finds a little bit more of a stride this year. And he already did have a pretty successful last year. Like he made it to the round of 12 or something. Like he hasn't really made the playoffs before in his career. I think he has a couple times, but not also like making it, but he was like only behind the cut line by like eight points when he got knocked out. Like he was like a low key threat. And 2311, they've talked about, like, Denny before has been like, oh, it's going to take us five years to get where we want to be. And it only took them two to get both of their drivers in the playoffs and Tyler Reddick win a couple races and Bubba be there. So I think I'd be most impressed with 2311 because I think they're starting to find their stride. My second choice would be RFK. Wow. You just dropped a lot of tidbits on there. So I will say uh, you did steal my answer for 2311. Um, so I'm going right, to so pick it. a different one. I'm going to change it up. I'm not going to tell you my <laughs> champion yet, but my oh, my my team is going to be RCR. I think RCR. Austin like Dillon. Austin Dillon's not doing shit. Austin Dillon's I like gonna, it. Um, bold <laughs> prediction. Austin Dillon's going to finish top 12 in points. <laughs> top 12. All right, right hang on. Top top 13. Points. Top 13. Oh, one position different. Al Butch is going to make the final four. The only reason Austin Dillard would make it in the top 12 is because he wins at Daytona or Talladega. That's the only reason. Nope. I do agree with Kyle Busch at least being in a championship four. Maybe he finds a stride with RCR a little bit. You know what is funny? Since you bring up RCR, I saw a tweet yesterday about how people were just completely shitting on Austin Dillon. And they were just like, yeah, uh, he's going to retire this year after he sucks and just be working for his grandpa in like the, the office for RCR and they'll find a different driver. And I, I started cracking up. I was like, yeah, that actually kind of fits. Like I could totally see that. I disagree. I think Austin Dillon's going to finish top 13 in points. What did he, uh, I mean, you keep talking. I just want to yeah, see, I um, want to see what his like average finish was. <laughs> yeah. Look, look that up for me. And like I said, Kyle Busch going to make the final four Kyle as an organization, they're going to pick up six total wins. Oh, six God. total wins for RCR. What you don't? What, what, give me the stat. What'd you pull up? His average finish was twenty-one point eight. That's fine. He That's had fine. seven top tens. His exactly. rank was his rank was twenty-nine. He was twenty-ninth in points. What? 29th? That's what rank says. What I don't know if that's like. I don't know if that's points on racing reference, but Look like standings. Hang on, I'll pull just... standings here. Oh my god, Austin Dillon was 29th in standings. Dude, wow. I told you he sucks. You say that, but he beat out Chase Briscoe in points. So, well, again, I already said my my piece on Stuart Haas racing. World, dude, 29th, and you're saying he's going to be top 12. 
He was you're three. saying he's going to be better as of how it standed last year. You're saying he would be better than Harvick, Bush, McDowell, Stenhouse, Chase Elliott, Ty Gibbs, Dana Suarez, Bowman, Dinger, Almarola. I'm, I'm telling you, he's going to flip the switch this year. I feel it. I, I sure hope so, but man, that was that was an abysmal year for him. Okay, anyway, my, my next prediction, my championship pick. Uh, your championship winner, Denny Hamlin. No, I won't. I won't jinx that. Um, I'm gonna go. Tyler Reddick wins the 2020 Ooh, Tyler Reddick Cup Series championship, and that's why I originally had 2311, but you stole my pick. So I'm going with Tyler Reddick wins the Magnus 2024 Reddick. Cup Series championship. For the championship William Byron. Oh, uh, that's boring. You can't pick the same as me. All right, anyway. She goes to William Byron. Well, thank, thank you so much for listening to the Tight On Entry Racing Podcast. The new year, 2024. Looking forward to a banger of a year. Uh, it's going to be a great year for Denny. It's going to be a great year for the Joe Gibbs organization. It's going to be a great year for 2311. Maybe not so much for Hendrick. But thank you again for so much for listening, and peace out.